You're listening to The Kylo Show, the podcast where we talk about how to keep your love on no matter what and why whole healthy families are going to save the world. We get a lot of questions from Christian singles about dating and engagement. Questions like, how do I find a godly person? What do you think about online dating? Sex before marriage? How long do I date someone before I marry them? And the list goes on. Danny and Brittany are going to talk about godly dating and engagement so that you have all those answers plus a whole bunch more. And it starts right now. Hello, everybody. How are you doing? Welcome to the Kylo Show. We're here. We're back. We are here. And we're talking about all that fun stuff we've been talking about, just more into dating now. Boom. Which is... We've made it to dating. We've made it to dating and engagement. We put them in there together. Mm-hmm. It's similar, similar world. Kind but. of fun. I mean, uh, I just got some of the download numbers. We're up over 10,000 a week. That's crazy. That's crazy. I, I think it's awesome. It is the, really it, fun. It must, uh, it, it, we're like 25 or 26 into it, and it's growing. We are. I'm excited. Yeah, it is. It's been it's been a fun, exciting experience to hear how it's uh, helping people, and not just in married or with kids, but you know, singles and dating, mm-hmm. which is where we're headed today. But Everywhere you need to keep your love on. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. It is. Uh, it's helping, so that's great. But yeah, should we jump in to some of the the deep, hard questions of? Dating and Kylo principles. Let's do it. Yeah? Yep. Okay. Well, let's say, as a recap, the Kylo principles that we've always covered mm-hmm. is, first one, be powerful. Choose love over fear. Uh, choosing connection, respectful communication, and healthy boundaries. Yep. So we are always going to bring that up in one way or another with all of our topics. So it's a little five-pack. Yeah. You can carry around with you. Mm-hmm. So really today we're talking about that being powerful piece mm-hmm. and uh, entering dating, which can be kind of hard because I think a lot of a lot of my friends that are in the dating world are kind of asking, I'm speaking to a lot more ladies, but where are all the men? Yeah. That's usually the question. Yeah. And dating these days is a little bit like falling in the ocean. <laughs> yeah. You know, you're just bobbing around out there hoping that... Uh, the worst thing that's going to happen is you, you're just salty, you know. <laughs> but uh, are you going to get eaten? Are you going to get Devoured. You know, drowned? Are you going to, you know, what's, what is going on out here? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely a different world, I would say, than even, you know, Ben and I have been married 18 years nearly, and it's, it's, it's changed. Culture's kind of changed and some things have gotten louder. Th- some things have gotten quieter. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the fight for being, you know, happy or being satisfied with being single, mm-hmm. you know, has changed. And even the covenant of what marriage is versus what dating can be has changed. Mm-hmm. I, I just think it kind of feels like dating is is become some sort of a commodity type thing where uh, kind of like Christmas trees like you know Christmas trees at one point you could just go out in your yard and get a Christmas tree or just decorate the one in your yard or you know the, go over on the hill or or go over to George's place he's got too many trees he'll let you have one 
And uh, now, now you gotta like line up in your car in a big old giant parking lot and go out there and yell at the guy who runs over with a saw and cutter. Yeah, if you didn't go to the closet and just open a fake one, if you went through all the work to get one. Or they bring them to the street corner, and you go down to the street corner, and you walk through them, and you go, I'll take that one. That kind of feels like online dating to me. Mm -hmm. Okay, let's put them all in one spot, and then you just peruse. It is definitely kind of a, what am I feeling like I'm looking for, you know, Mm -hmm. based off of a profile, which kind of takes a little bit of the... um, I don't know, the struggle of having to go and have a conversation and find out those questions mm-hmm. rather than them being displayed of what your interests are, what you do, how much money you might make. I don't know if that's always part of that, but, you know, putting your best photo up, you know, your most muscular or most, you know, look yeah. at me on top of a mountain. I do this every week. This not really. This 10 years ago. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hopefully it's not 10 years ago. <laughs> that is not, that's not good. <laughs> But yeah, I think that the the online dating is very real to Christian dating these days Mm -hmm. and navigating how to do that well. Yeah. And I think the other part that is really loud too is where does sex fit in dating? Because it's now kind of more muddled than it used to be, at least for the conversations I'm having with friends. It's something that it's it's kind of a personal choice now mm-hmm. rather than the conviction of mm-hmm. you know what marriage is meant to be and designed there yeah well society you know a, a godless society begins to convince everyone that godly rules are old fashioned or unnecessary or oppressive mm. And now things that are, you know, th- at one point, you know, when you when you had to work through the decision tree of, am I going to end up in bed with this person? It was, it was, kind of a marginal group of people that were saying, I could get pregnant and it doesn't matter, and I could raise a child by myself and it doesn't matter, and maybe it will it just force us to get married and it doesn't matter and. And now it's more, there's, there's no social pressure around it. Mm. So there's, no, there's no, nobody saying, don't you do it. Here, here, here's all these eyeballs on you so that it doesn't happen. There's all that's gone. It's now really up to your own character. Mm-hmm. And that's the scary part is that a lot of folks are limited to managing tons of freedom with pretty weak character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's the, you know, Ben and I do the Defining the Relationship course that mm-hmm. we have, and mm-hmm. we um, do a premarital assessment. And a lot of, a lot more than ever before, there is this, you know, this category that pops up that says that, you know, you're you're living together. And that's a normal part of your relationship, mm-hmm. which, you know, I don't know anyone personally, that lives together that's dating that isn't having sex. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's this 
I don't know where in the line there's been confusion or lack of clarity or lack of value that started to unravel for these dating communities that are Christians, that are serving the Lord, that are chasing after godly things, but this aspect seems to be really clouded. Well, you're a young person, you're, you're around adults who are doing the same thing, mm-hmm. you know, or certainly not upholding what you would call a godly standard. And it's easy to do. It's, it's, your sex drive is so powerful, especially in, in your youth. You're like, wow, that looks like something I want to do right there. And then throw some porn in there, throw some uh, cloudy morality in there throw the abortion option in there and shake real hard and mm-hmm. and you end up with we we don't look any different than the people that don't know Jesus. Mm-hmm. So it is a it, it is a real struggle just searching for a godly companion. Mm-hmm. And who is that? What is that? Are we are we just people that go to a, a hip church? Yeah but we still look exactly like everybody else around us and live exactly like everyone around us. I mean, that's kind of the, the dilemma is, is who do you surround yourself with mm-hmm. because there, you, there you'll be. Yeah. I think, you know, again, not having clarity to the community you should have that's going to help promote something that's godly, you know, and, and help you stay strong to being a powerful person, because I feel like that's really what you're trying to do in this dating realm is live powerfully and understand, you know, what has God called us to in the search of dating? Is it to go from bed to bed, or is it to find someone that we want to love and serve and give our life to in the covenant of marriage, mm-hmm. you know, which then it asks the question, how long do I, am I supposed to date this person? Mm-hmm. You know, how long should we be checking off these boxes? Is it six months? Is it three months? Is it three years? Is it, you know, what are you searching for to find, okay, this is it. This is, we did it. Okay, this is good. Because I think there's a lot of even doubt and question to, I don't know the timeline. What am I looking for? When do I round the corner and see the you know, mm-hmm. sign that this is uh, good to go. Little, it's a little bit like buying a house. Like, which house should I buy? Yeah. Well, which one do you want? Yeah. I don't know. Well, how much money do you have? None. <laughs> okay. Well, that kind of sets you over here. Do you want to buy one of these? Not really. I want to buy one of those. I want to buy one like, like I grew up in. I mm-hmm. want to buy one like my parents had. Okay. Well, how much are those? Expensive. Okay, well, maybe you should wait. I don't want to wait. Yeah. Well, what are you going to do? I'm going to get one of these little ones and a lot of debt. <laughs> that's not fun. Yeah, like, well, wow. well okay, well, that's, that actually is a, a character mm-hmm. conversation. Yeah. Is I don't want to wait. I want what I want. I want it now. I'm mm-hmm. just going to do it. Yeah. And you're like, okay, well, not a lot of thought went into getting into that situation, but a lot of thought will go into being in that situation. Yeah, and I think that's the, I guess, the tension of how long should you date? You know, I know people that are very successful 
in marriage that didn't date for very long, mm-hmm. that, you know, very short period of time. I mean, I think people would say that about Ben and I a little bit. You know, we didn't, we were really young. Um, but I, I feel like the, the character match and the, um, the lineup of looking for a godly person was very high on mm-hmm. the list mm-hmm. of things, mm-hmm. the non-negotiables. So I think that's, you know, part of the being a powerful person is really having some clarity to your yes, which we've talked about a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know what to say no to, and maybe the timeline is the no. I'm not ready to get married next month or in three months. I think the when you set yourself up for the who I'm going to marry, mm-hmm. it it uh, the duration of an engagement is much more variable because I'm going to marry someone whose leader is Jesus. Yeah. Like okay, that that changes a whole bunch of stuff. They have to break that to break this. Mm-hmm. So okay, well that I'm watching you with that. I admire that about you. Um, I'm. I'm impressed enough with you and Jesus that I, I want to move closer to that. Mm-hmm. And I value and respect the way that you treat your body and the way you treat mine. That's mm-hmm. that's admirable. That's important to me. Yeah. And um, and you seem like a healthy person, you know, and then we bust out the five pack. You know, we go, are you powerful? Yeah. Are, you, are, you, are you fitting all you know, those things? Are you, yeah. can, can you honor home? <laughs> and I think if you, you know, if you, if you keep that in front of you, the odds of this working out is tremendous. Mm-hmm. So testing it out for too long, it's like, well, if I found what I was looking for. Yeah. It, it has next to nothing to do with, how much money you have, how much, you know, how much potentially we'll have, uh, how tall, how short, how, how, how light, how dark, how, maybe how funny. Funny should be up there somewhere. <laughs> I think having fun together funny is, is up be. there. Yeah, yeah. but just, you know, there's a lot of people that enjoy each other's company and they're not very funny. Yeah, like, but they still have fun together. They enjoy each it's, other. Yeah. yeah. I think even part of the tension is, Trusting God in the process of um, his timeline rather than your timeline, Mm -hmm. you know. And I think that's part of the, you know, there's, again, working with young couples and doing the defining the relationship course, there's always, I I will make a generalized statement here, it's usually the ladies that are pushing a timeline, you know, getting engaged, getting married. They had set on their heart that spring wedding, you know, and now it is winter, so we need to get that ring out so we can get the guest list officially, you know, set. And I'm sure there's fellows out there, I'm sure, that do this as well, but... No. <laughs> no. Okay, well, <laughs> maybe there are some, but um, I think the the reality of the urgency and excitement, we sometimes disregard the timeline that maybe the Lord's trying to highlight things, which is putting in front of you you know, the five principles or even in the defining the relationship course. I don't, I've talked to so many people that said they went through that course four times with four different people Mm. until they got to the right one. Yeah. Great idea. And I'm like, oh, this is kind of like a a dating sift. You know, you're just trying to find that you're gold panning and uh, they, they're able to go through there. And so I think that's a huge resource for if you're trying to do this well and you exactly what it's for and, and, and staying, 
powerful in the process and not getting caught up in the culture and mm-hmm. not getting swept away by the desires and fantasies, but really leaning into God's timing. Yeah, and, and, and marriage is a bad spot to figure out that I don't enjoy you mm-hmm. or I don't think we're headed in the same spot. Yeah, that is not where you want to be. You don't want to find that out in marriage. You really, I mean, that's that's a tough thing to to bend around. Possible, seen it done a thousand times, but mm-hmm. it's a rough start. Yeah, and I think that working with couples uh, that are engaged, if they can't tell me that they enjoy each other most of the time, but that they live more in conflict, it's usually a red flag that. Mm-hmm. I don't know that you should keep pushing for this. Yeah, and it's, it should uh, definitely be something that you work out before you decide to pull yeah, the trigger. Totally. So good. All right, well, we're going to jump into questions now. Okay. And, um, but that was good. So, all right, we'll see you in just a bit. When this episode airs, you'll have less than 48 hours to sign up for the Young Marriage Workshop. What's the Young Marriage Workshop? It's a workshop for couples who've been married 10 years or less to teach them how to build the marriage of their dreams. So if that's you, go sign up right now at theyoungmarriedsworkshop.com. If that's not you, you probably know someone. Let them know about it. Again, that's youngmarriedsworkshop.com. Go sign up today. All right, so we're going to jump into questions. Questions? And again, you know. I was going to say, how do people... Submit questions. I was going to tell them because we love questions and testimonies. So if you have any questions, go to thekyloshow.com. And uh, down there, you're going to find submit a question. And that is how you do it. It's pretty easy. You get to record in your own voice. It's fun. So we get to feel like we know you a little bit. You know, we know your name and what you sound like. But Better than us reading them. Yes, it is. It is better than us reading them. But our first question today comes from Jess. Hey, Danny and Brittany, I have a question for you on behalf of the singles. As a Christian single person, is it okay to date someone of a different religion or maybe even someone with no religion? Is there such thing as too different? And if so, where is the line? Boom. I think that's a common question for a lot of the old unequally yoked yeah. question. Say, yeah. Yes, but he's really nice. Mm-hmm. He's really a sweetheart. He's got great character. He's trying. He's, he's interested. He's handsome. <laughs> Usually, that's and the he's hook. interested in me. Uh huh. Yeah, I think. I mean, I only have one experience personally with this, mm-hmm. and. Um, I think that the reality is it it it's difficult. You speak a different language, you speak a different culture, and thankfully we didn't get very serious. Mm-hmm. Um, but even in the short time that we were together, I think the the obvious differences in our desire and pursuit of things that are important, even though I wasn't doing awesome, mm-hmm. were really obvious. Mm-hmm. And so to continue down this road, it's kind of like I'm pretending to myself mm-hmm. that I can just not look at the giant growth on their face mm-hmm. and and eventually you know lift it up you know and move around it and hope that it won't bug me mm-hmm. yeah yeah this isn't like the way the person breathes bothers me <laughs> no. 
It's it's like you have no common core. We start at the goal of a decision completely different. The source of input in our life that we revere the most is totally different. Uh, It it would be... uh, Someone mar- some someone with a vow of poverty marrying someone who is filthy rich. Mm. You know, it would just be you wake up every day working in opposite directions with the person that you say yeah. you have a covenant with. So as a believer, you your life is about submitting your life to God's will to bring his kingdom to the earth. Mm-hmm. And it, if the person you married has zero partnership or is aggravated by that, that's a rough day every day. And mm-hmm. oh, let's have some children mm-hmm. and teach them something. Right. We're going to teach them something. I wonder what we're going are we going to teach them my way of doing stuff? We're going to teach them your way of doing stuff. Yeah. Or are we going to let somebody else teach them something else because you don't care, but I super care. Totally. So, yeah, that's the stuff that you're scooping into your lap like hot coals when you decide to be unequally yoked. I think of a tug-of-war game almost, you know, that any time that there's difference of beliefs or values you just live in this tension where you're kind of at war with each other and you and you're going to do that with people who agree with your core mm-hmm. who have have the same core values and and both in submission to Jesus you're still going to have power struggles yeah but you're you're power struggling over what's right and what's wrong yeah what's life and what's death Mm-hmm. What's truth and what's deception? Ugh. Yeah, those are some big hurdles. Those so, are, yeah, those are rough uh, days. We would suggest to not do it. Yep. In short. Yep. That's, Swipe that's where we would left or <laughs> however that goes. Yeah, something like that. Can't remember which one's a good one. <laughs> All right. This next question comes from Michaela. Hi, Danny and Brittany. Thank you so much for doing this show. My question is: Is how long should I date someone before we consider marriage? Yeah. I think that's uh, the question that a lot of, you know, ladies, like I said, we talked about earlier, you know, they have an agenda. They Mm. have their wedding book Mm -hmm. that they've, I'm guilty of this with Ben. I mean, I did exactly that. I was, had a guest list and a date before he ever proposed, Mm. (laughs) you know, but, you know, I think that it's, it probably key and most important pieces are, do they line up? you know, with your core values? Do Mm -hmm. they line up with, you know, we've laid out the five principles of Kylo, which are really great things to look at. Mm -hmm. You know, how are they living their life, navigating being a powerful person? How are they actually choosing love over fear? Like, how are they doing this in their daily life that is a reflection that they're a, a good option to say yes to? And then my other question would be, how well are you doing it? Um, because I think sometimes we're just kind of in the boat for the ride because we're so excited mm-hmm. um, and not paying attention to maybe the holes in the boat. Yeah, and we're probably going to say this often, but you know, are they a lover of Jesus? Are they a follower of Jesus? Mm-hmm. 
do they share in the dating engagement part, do they share a, a commitment to sexual purity, biblical sexual purity? And are they a healthy person? You know, do they know how to kylo? Mm-hmm. So if, if those are yes, and they say the same about you, then I'm, I mean, if you like each other, Green you, light. Want, you want to do this, then I'm not sure what's holding you back. Now, there could be other factors like uh, our parents aren't mm-hmm. happy about this. Um, we've had a few experiences where it just wasn't any fun to be together, mm-hmm. and we really didn't know how to, to change that. And um, it's happened a couple times. Mm-hmm. So that, that light goes yellow just because we do not know how to work through a few of our personality differences, so yeah. much so that we, we end up disconnected and not sure how to reconnect. Because mm-hmm. it sounds like you're going to keep doing that, and I'm going to keep not liking that. Mm-hmm. And so um, I remember when I first got together with your mom, this is after we were married, because we did not what date. not to do. Yeah, here's here's I could go on with not what not to do for a, a long time. How, here's how to make your early years as hard as possible. <laughs> I have that story, but I used to I I used to scare my mom all the time. It was just so much fun. Mm-hmm. You know, boo, you know, jump out, and I scare my brother. Boo, and then he'd scare my mom, and I'd scare, we'd and we'd all scare each other. Well, the first time I tried that with your mom, <laughs> I can only imagine was about uh, you know it it, it was. It, it, we, we nearly had to call the police. You know, uh. she was so upset, and and I didn't do it again. Mm-hmm. There was another time I accidentally did it by just walking in a room, and she didn't see me, and she thought I was doing it again. But if I would have just kept doing that, it would have felt so disrespectful to her, even yeah. though I thought it was fun and funny. It was so not fun for her and traumatizing for her. If I had not stopped that, that would be something that's kind of quirky, but watch for stuff like that too. Like, do you respect a boundary? Yeah. And some people won't in the name of you need to chill out or you need to learn to be fun or this would be good for you if you just go with it. You know, that kind of stuff. Like, all right, well, if that's showing up in dating, yeah. yellow light. Mm-hmm. I think I've talked to lots of... Uh you know, I love all of the the DTR course that we have. I'll reference it so much in this segment, but it's so powerful. And then getting to sit with these couples and kind of talk through, because they're all similar but different, mm-hmm. you know. And I, I think exactly what you just said is not knowing how to navigate a difference of somebody mm-hmm. and trying to figure out, is this a really big yellow light or is it just something I haven't grown in? Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that's the part of, getting ready to blend your life with somebody is there is uh, being able to adjust and to make compromise. Like you just said, you know, you stopped scaring mom mm-hmm. as a compromise, even though you were oh, in, that way, that way. Mm-hmm, sure. Mm-hmm. Sure. That, I'm sure. There's still <laughs> many others, but you know, and I think that's, that's the part of really understanding how to grow in your relationship is, is it a yellow light or is this somewhere where I, can grow, mm-hmm. or is this somewhere I'm not willing to grow, or I don't feel like I should grow? Yeah, and maybe the language would be, uh, is this a deal breaker? Mm-hmm. That's good. You know, is this a deal breaker? Is mm-hmm. If this yeah. persists in the relationship, 
it's a deal breaker. You know, you love Jesus, I love Jesus, we're both committed to sexual purity, and we are both healthy individuals, and we know how to Kylo. But that thing that you insist on doing, Mm -hmm. uh, you insist on going into debt. It's just you're okay with that. That's where you're going to go. I am not okay with that. I'm not going to link my my life to someone who's going to live $100,000 in debt and be fine with that. I won't be able to sleep. Yeah. So you have to know that about yourself. You have to be willing to uh, respect yourself enough to tell the truth and then let them figure out what they're going to do because, well, how do you make business work if you don't go into debt? Right. And how, you know, how are you ever going to get a house if you don't go into debt? And how are you ever going to uh, save money? Yeah. That's what I do. And so here you go. The, the negotiation in the dating aspect of things yeah. makes it really important to talk about money and your philosophy around finances. Mm-hmm. Talk about sexual needs and behavior and while you're still dating. Talk about do we want children and how many and how yeah. do you want to do yeah. this? And so that's what the DTR stuff's all about is really having these conversations before you're on the other side and go, what? You don't want yeah. children? Exactly. Please do that beforehand. Yes, absolutely. Please, please. Great question. Okay, this next one comes from Juanita. What is a good age to start um, that we should allow our kids to start dating? The dating 40? age. 40? <laughs> I don't think Delaney would like that answer. I like that idea. <laughs> no. I mean, I think dating is... We haven't really explored dating, and we've had lots of encounters of liking boys, having conversations, group dynamics type of a thing, but real dating has yet to hit our doorstep. Um, And she's 16, uh, so I'm fine with that. I don't know that I probably would be dating prior to that. I can't imagine going like, hey, yeah, why don't you go on a date together somewhere to the movies by yourself at 14? I, 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 I've I always believed in the group dynamics, especially at that young age. Mm-hmm. Um, I think when we do hit it, there will be, we're probably very traditional, and it will be more, come hang out at our house and let us get to know you, and then maybe I'll trust you with my daughter mm-hmm. alone somewhere in a vehicle Maybe. I remember there was a time in your life where this young man who did not share any of the core values of of our family Uh uh, decided he wanted to date you. And so I said, well, okay, you can come over to my house and sit on my couch. Uh, Yes. You know, you can date her on the couch. She'll be there. (laughs) We did. So all of us. (laughs) And, uh, And he came over. He drove two and a half hours to get to that date. Mm-hmm. And he sat there and and I said, hey, dude, you know, like, because uh, we he was, he was, uh, he was already a mountain lion to me because yeah. of a previous incident where this is the guy you met on the internet mm-hmm. that uh, turned out to not be Jack the Ripper, but <laughs> was still scary, you know, 17 year old, Mm-hmm. boy and uh 
You said, yeah, I like him, Daddy. <laughs> so after I kind of worked through all that, and you did a great job repenting of our disconnect, so that was that really helped. I said, all right, well, you know, if he if he wants to call and pursue, then he'll talk to me, and I and I set it up. You can come sit in our our living room, and so he did, and and it, it was awkward, but it was that's what I would do. I would participate in that. In mm-hmm. the name of dating was, we're going to get to know you because yeah. at this point you are nothing but a ginormous threat to my 16-year investment in my daughter. Mm-hmm. And it it feels like you would blow it up in a, in a moment because you had an opportunity. Um, let me put it like this. If I had a bag with a billion dollars in it sitting on the couch. At what point do I do you think I would say yes to you saying, "Can I put this in my car and take it downtown for an hour?" At what point do you think I would say yes to that? Well, I don't think you would. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's kind of what we're working on is you getting a yes out of me. And sure enough, I'm out of town one day, and it's just mom on duty. <laughs> and he says, can we go down to the gas station and get some candy? And Sherry said, yes. And so you and him left, went down, and, and while you were with him, what did he ask? He was more than willing for us to get a hotel room because at that point he was 18. I want to kill him. I'm going to kill him. Mm-hmm. I thought, I, that's exactly what I thought that mountain lion would do. Mm-hmm. I didn't find out about that until it was over, but. It's it's that kind of thing, and and that's I think the, that's the role of parents. That's the role of a father in particular, is to raise the standard above what maybe somebody who's either has less experience or less character development up to a place to protect you both. Mm-hmm. Um, and that I was happy to do it, but. I, I knew nobody was liking it. Nobody was liking me, and I don't even care. I don't even care, you know. In 10 years, you'll thank me, but for right Which now... Which I do. I yeah. thank you. You're welcome. And I, I did a good job. I'd said no to the hotel room. Yay, so yay. That's, uh, that, thank you, Jesus. Yeah. I think, you know, again, going back to... We have yet to really dive into this, but that's the example I was given, and... um and so that's the example that I want to protect because mm-hmm. I, I know the investment, I know the risk. So that's the model that I think um, we've always thought of. If when Delaney has a boy that's pursuing her, it'll be in our living room until, you know. Ben had a different story. Ben had a lot more favor. He had a lot more character, and he was not so scared. Yeah, but he he loved Jesus. Yeah, he had a, a goal of purity, mm-hmm. and he was learning how to Kylo. So that was Ben's... That's what he brought to the table immediately. Immediately. He at least was willing to do all of those things. And so at 19, he could ask me for my daughter's hand, and I would say yes. Mm -hmm. As an alien in our country who couldn't work... (laughs) And had a bicycle that Borrowed a bicycle (laughs) and met us at Starbucks. Yes, and I said yes to him because... He checked those boxes, and mm-hmm. that's what I needed. Yep. That's so good. Well, again, I thank you 10 years plus, mm-hmm. well, 18 mm-hmm. years later still. So good. All right, great questions. Um, 
and we're going to jump into testimonies now. Mm -hmm. Okay, last public service announcement about the Young Marrieds Workshop, I promise. I just really want you to be there. It's a live in-person event. You're going to have Danny and Sherry Silk and Ben and Brittany Serple bringing you a bunch of information and practical tools to help you build the marriage of your dream. It happens October 7th in Sacramento, California. So if you are local or you want to come travel and see us, come on down and sign up. If you can't make it, that's okay. We have a virtual on-demand option where we'll send you the live replay right afterwards. So to learn more, go to youngmarriedsworkshop.com. Again, that's youngmarriedsworkshop.com. All right, so here's our testimony, mm -hmm. and today's testimony comes from Rebecca. Hey, Brittany and Danny, sending my love from the north of England. Um, so I want to thank you for this podcast and for Unpunishable and the culture of honor. Um, it's just revolutionized my life. So I had a situation where a guy that I was dating, uh, we broke up. And the second we broke up, I decided I'd read about, I'd read Unpunishable, um, a chapter of it, like an hour before we broke up. And I decided that I would keep my love on. I would choose honour and I would choose what I said about him and to speak well. And so in the weeks that sort of followed, it was quite challenging. And there was a lot of things that I was hearing back of things that had been said about me that were really painful. And honestly, I just wanted to like speak just as bad, but I was like, no, I'm going to set a new president. I made this choice that I would honor and I wasn't hundred percent perfect. And when I made a mistake, I cleaned up my mess, but I was like, no, I'm, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to join in and I'm not going to get in the drama triangle, which was really hard because I'm somebody that like has a tendency towards rescuing. And um, that was really challenging to sort of, like like stand there and and not clear up his mess but be like okay just respond and don't react and it was really really hard and I told our mutual friends they didn't need to pick between us or anything like that um, and a situation unfolded where he told some people that I'd done something that I'd genuinely not done and um, it was quite serious like um, what what he'd said, um, it was quite serious, really. And it wasn't true. It was completely untrue. And in our environment, we have some, like, amazing leaders. And what I didn't know is that somebody had found out from um, other people what he'd said about me and gone to our leaders and said, this is what he's been saying about her. And so they they it was amazing what they did like they handled they spoke to me and of like my heart was for it, it to be handled with grace and that was both of our hearts like for this culture of honor to happen because i know that every time i'd made a mistake they'd handled me with grace and it it was kind of it was really challenging and I wanted to react and I wanted to be rude and I wanted to be unkind and speaking well of him when he was speaking badly of me was really difficult. But I was like, no, we're, we're both eagles. We're not going to act like pigeons. And 
I really believe that that was because of Unpunishable and the culture of honour and this podcast, because this was the, the content I was consuming when I was like, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to react. And, you know, I'd be like, what would Danny do? <laughs> no, I'm joking. <laughs> Instead of what would Jesus do? <laughs> um, but I'd be like, how am I going to, how am I going to handle this? It was just so challenging. And the end of the story was that our leaders um, corrected it and they spoke to the people and spoke to him and was like, that that wasn't, that wasn't true and cleared up any misunderstanding um, that, that had happened and it was just like God just completely vindicated the situation and vindicated me. And then some of the people that believed it um, said sorry to me for believing it. And I remembered about reconciliation in the culture of honour and it just made my relationships with them so much stronger. And forgiveness float, like flowed around and it was just a situation that I'm so glad it happened because it grew me. It grew my love for people. It grew my love for um, God. It, it grew my self-control, um, although I didn't really want it to grow my self-control, but it did. Um, and I chose love and I became powerful and I've been through a lot of trauma in my life and I felt quite powerless. But in this situation, I was able to choose to be powerful and be like, no, I may have been powerless before, but I'm powerful now. And... I don't think I'd have done that without these resources. One of my biggest dreams in life is to love people well. And I'm 26, but I'm absolutely adamant that I will spend my life learning to love well. And Your Unpunishable is one of the best books I've ever read. And it's one of my favourite books because I think it's helped me encounter the Father so much by choosing to love other people. So thank you so much, guys. Great testimony. No, it's very fun. That's uh, There's a practical application for you. Yeah. I Oof. mean, I loved her. We're eagles, not pigeons, mm-hmm. you know? That yeah, was, well, we're going to have to write that down. That was a great analogy, too, of just what she's practicing, the Kylo principles. Mm-hmm. She really is, you know, being a powerful person. Step one, not giving into that fear because of your mm-hmm. reputation and all those things that are just, you know, at risk, so it's a scary um, and and yucky experience to to feel like that you're stuck in that. It's such a lousy position to be in, where mm-hmm. someone is f- misrepresenting you to other people, mm-hmm. you know, either through accusation or just suggestion. But it is rough. It's rough to not run to your own defense. It's 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 rough to remember who you are and. Uh, like she said, you know, I'm so glad this happened because it, it made me stronger and it developed my self-control, even though I didn't want my self-control <laughs> yeah, to grow. <laughs> yes. I can can I just you. step out for a minute? Yeah. Just a minute. Uh, I don't want to have to do this. I want to act like a banana for just a minute, <laughs> and then I'll be back. Yeah. Well, again, I think also, too, the her what she communicated with her leaders too mm-hmm. leaning into just handling it well with excellence and I, I mean I'm trusting that they did the same with the the young man you know to to do, be honoring with you know he's communicating some hurtful painful things but mm-hmm. also to be a covering for her and 
Um, that just sounds like a that's a gift. Yeah, you know, that's to have to have a great community, have a great uh, culture, mm-hmm. and they they walked with them both. They you know, there's always two sides to every story. Always, and uh, so they're moving things along, and then they finally you know they confront the one that needs to adjust. And maybe both, I don't know, but at least the one who needs to adjust, who is saying stuff that's hurtful and damaging. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then the friends, you know, all the friends are kind of caught in, there's two sides to every story. Mm-hmm. And yet, they, obviously, they're lovers of truth. Mm-hmm. And they land on, I'm sorry, I, yeah. I got deceived. I went, I picked the wrong the wrong right. I thought I was right, mm-hmm. and I was wrong. And now that I know I'm wrong, I apologize. You know, please forgive me. Um, I I believe something that was wrong about you, and and I don't believe that anymore. And that's a powerful community to be a part of. It is, and it's to keep awesome. growing. And I think just looking at covenant relationships, like those are the type of people that you want to be running with, is the ones that are able to repent, clean up their mess, um, rally around you and, you know, not then do exactly the same thing to this other party that was saying things, but to yeah. still live in love and honor. That's, that's really beautiful. Yeah. And it feels like there's a ginormous opportunity for this planet <laughs> to, uh, get good at this yeah. because there's a whole bunch of folks that are pretty dug in on what they think is right and making accusations and, um, judgments about the people who disagree with them, and the light's going to come on, and people are going to see that. Whoa, whoa, whoa! This is this was not right. I thought I was had the right one. I didn't, and I divided our family. I divided our our church. I divided our our neighborhood. I I was I was wrong with all my heart mm-hmm. and I need to ask for forgiveness. There's going to be a bunch of that in the not too distant future as things continue to be so divided. So she is talking about a microcosm of what's going on of a global stage right now, but those skills that that's the only way that we get back to reconciliation mm-hmm. is I was wrong. Yeah. And I won't do that again. Yeah, it's a beautiful. I think she did a great job. It's mm-hmm. fun to hear. Mm-hmm. I also love listening to her because her accent was so fun. I know, I know. I, like, I thought yeah. she might be Irish there for a minute. Oh, Northern Ireland. Okay, well, that's pretty close. Yeah, she... Or Northern. England, England. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I, I mean, reading Unpunishable at 26 and then applying it immediately, literally an hour before having that hard conversation, sounds like she dove into... Uh, yeah. Um, that's well done, girl. Yeah. Well done for fighting for a different culture than what the world's trying to tell you should have mm-hmm. and fighting for a higher standard in relationship than, you know, what most are modeling. Yeah. And even being willing to end a relationship that isn't one that is going to lead towards a beautiful outcome of um, a thriving covenant in a, in a godly relationship. So I like that. I, I thought Rebecca was a, it was a beautiful testimony. So. Yeah. And as we kick off our 
dating series. You know, we, we, we just on the heels of our single series. But I think it's important for people to remember that, you know, that, that God, your Father, loves you and he cares about your desires. And so while you're looking and, and, and hoping and waiting, please know that, you know, your Father is, is right there with you. He's, he's waiting and hoping and looking with you. you know, I, I have numerous single ladies in my life and, and a couple si- single men, and they, they're like, oh, when, how? I'm like, I don't know, man. Do you know anybody? Well, if, I, if I do, I'll send them your way. You know? yeah. And I, I think that's the Father's heart is for you to have those desires met and and the desire for marriage and family is good, mm-hmm. and that used to be what it was all about was to f- find each other, have a family, and do a good job with it. And now it's we've successfully removed sex from marriage, so it's kind of like um, pulling the prize out of the regular cornflakes when you're a kid. You know, you get that prize and you never touch cornflakes because you're like all I was really after was the prize and that box of cornflakes just goes stale yeah this goes right and your mom says hey there are a whole box of cereal it's cornflakes <laughs> and so we've turned marriage into cornflakes and we got that because we, we gutted the prize mm-hmm. instead of it's all one package it's all one self-reinforcing reward system over here and when you gut it because of your lack of character and covenant commitment, you make this thing so confusing. Like, why would I get married? Mm-hmm. If I could just shack up with somebody, And why would I get married? Yeah. Like, well, uh, that's the whole purpose of that union mm-hmm. is to create a lifelong commitment to a family. And I, I mean, on the other side of being married in covenant and chasing after that, I think it's the best decision I ever made is to make sure that sex stayed inside of marriage. Yeah. It's the most... I, I, I remember Poppy, who's my grandfather, mom's dad, um, asking me if, if Ben and I were going to have sex before we got married. And I said, no. And he was like, well, how do you know he's any good? Which I think is part of the the culture question that everyone throws at everybody is, yeah. you know, I'll that, train him. Yeah, <laughs> and I and for me that question was complete non negotiable. But it, it also was shocking to him, you know, at that age. I think he was seventy, maybe somewhere in there, a little younger than that. But mm-hmm. the the unwillingness to adjust my culture and my core values because of even what he thought should mm-hmm. be. A standard, mm-hmm. um, and on the other side of it, I've known many people, you know, that either they willingly participate and that's part of their regular part of their relationship, or they have moments of weakness and um, you know are climbing out of a decision that they didn't really want to make, but they got themselves into, and they're trying to restore that. I think it's beautiful when you do restore that and move towards having accountability, but. Um, I'm all about protecting sex and it being something that isn't designed for marriage because I, I really think there's a beautiful reward on the other end of that. Yeah, and there's a serious consequence on the other side of not doing that because 
it, you know, I, I was out of control, raised in a super sexualized culture. And, uh, until I got saved at 21, it was, it was not even a question of whether, uh, two drunk people were going to end up in bed together. Mm-hmm. You know, it just, it was just common practice. That's why you went to the party. You're just looking around. And, um, and then the, the pregnancies that come mm-hmm. from that and, that, and now how do you handle that? And, and the, the, the entire community that is, is developed around fatherlessness and irresponsibility and, and, the, and imparting the whole thing. What do, what do you do about that? Mm-hmm. You're just a participant in a, a, a degrading, immoral cycle. And you just spit out problems because of your own selfishness. You're just going to continue doing, yeah. and and that's part of the success of separating sex from marriage is you you get the freedom without the responsibility. And there is nothing healthy like that. Yeah, especially div- working with people. You when you separate my rights and my freedoms from my covenant, my protection, my responsibility. You end up with a mess, and mm-hmm. that's that's the enemy's strategy, and God's strategy really is to bring it all together, uh, and to restore everything that's been destroyed. Yeah, so, you're not disqualified. Nope. If you make any messes, you're not disqualified. You just need to repent. Yes. And and then pursue go- the three things that we yep. talked about. Yep. So good. Yeah. We could keep talking, which we will. We'll come back to dating and and uh, relationships and all that. Uh, but this next was time. this next time. So whole healthy families, whole healthy singles, whole healthy dating and engaged relationships are moving towards saving the world. So keep it up. Thanks so much for joining us on the Kylo Show. Thanks for listening. Make sure to join us next week when Danny and Brittany talk about the fears and fantasies involved with dating and the truth you need to know about marriage. Never miss an episode of The Kylo Show by subscribing to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or watch us on the Loving on Purpose YouTube channel. Make sure to submit your questions and testimonies to thekyloshow.com. The Kylo Show is produced by Ali Armiding, co-produced by Ashley Beck, Leah Alexander, Anna Hill, and Sherry Silk, sound engineer and edited by Taylor Silk, and show promoter Christian Zamora. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.